Uh, yeah, you got your bleep button ready, right? Always. Always when I talk okay. to you. Is that you saying you're ready to get started? Let's do it. Do it. Get her done. Never again in my presence. <laughs> never, never again. <laughs> You're listening to the 2M Football Show with Mike and Matt. Three, two, one. Blast off. It's launch time, 2M Nation. Do you have the launch code? I do. It's, It's week five, reaction time. How about you guys in the 2M Nation? Did you guys think about that wild week? Pretty crazy. How how would you recap that week, uh, Matt? By the way, this is Mike. Um, I you know what? After like I don't know how many episodes this is. I think the people know who we are. I feel it, it feels kind of funny to introduce our names, but at the same time, I hopefully each episode there's a new a newcomer, a new citizen of the Two M Nation that comes and joins us. That's the hope. Yes. Um. One word summarize. Uh, I'm going to go with cluster. <laughs> I like it. You weren't lying about that bleep button. Don't worry, though. I got you covered. I mean, if you had to pick a week where you would compact most things that happen in the course of a season, I feel like this was the week. It was a crazy one, and it didn't help that it was uh, spread out over an extra day. We had Tuesday night football. Uh, we had... Um, yeah, it felt like a very long weekend of football in both a good and in some in some bad ways as well. Yeah, like I was really looking forward to Tuesday, our normal recording session, Tuesday morning or Tuesday night, getting ready for Wednesday, kind of having just a mental break day. And yet there I was Tuesday night watching a football game and prepping for a Wednesday record morning recording. And right. then Thursday is football's tomorrow night. Well, I don't think there's a Thursday night this game, actually. So we do get our little break, our own mini bye week, if you will. It, we, we play fantasy football. There's no such thing. Very true, especially because all that was just uh, with the Tuesday game, waivers moved to run tonight instead of Tuesday night like usual. So there will still be the uh, free agency frenzy that happens every week. And then <laughs> just so you guys know, um, FanDuel is acting really weird. So we're not going to go over our, our weekly team lineup against each other just yet because i have not been able to actually set my roster to send to mike so next week you'll kind of hear the results as well as who we had whenever FanDuel decides to stop being stupid <laughs> so that's what's going on yeah let's get into the recap week five recap and uh this i hope this doesn't become a recurring segment but it might have to but <laughs> let's talk about how covid i feel like it's your favorite segment you're the one who always talks about it I mean, there's there's nothing uh, that I really that I like about this situation except that uh, it gave us Tuesday night football, I guess. But yeah, I mean, at this point, it's becoming so that you can't really talk about what happened without talking about it because we had another game get uh, rescheduled because uh, this time it was the Patriots having uh, more positive tests over the weekend. Uh, so the Patriots Broncos game got uh, rescheduled to Week Six, uh, and the Patriots and Broncos had their buys moved to week five. So that game ended up not being played. And then of course, as we've referenced, we had the Titans and bills playing on Tuesday, which looked like it was up in the air early Sunday morning, Um, but still happened. And as a result of that game being moved to Tuesday though, uh, the bills, and this is why there's no Thursday night game this week, the bills were supposed to play on Thursday, 
Uh, but obviously the league isn't going to make him play on Tuesday and Thursday night with, with one day of rest and practice in between. So their week six game against the Chiefs moved to Monday, next Monday night. So we'll have another Monday night doubleheader next week. Yay, no sleep. All right, so that out of the way, let's go over Pigskin Bickham. I don't really want to do that. I did. I had a terrible week. Uh, yeah, and we both got a lot wrong this week. There were a lot of upsets, uh, or at least a few gigantic ones. Uh, but yeah, we uh, won the week nine to seven, and you're falling behind a little bit on the season, Matt. I'm up fifty-five to forty-seven. You got some ground to catch up. Well, there are a couple areas that I've been perfect in all season. So, <laughs> so you're just punting on Pickham? Not punting, but like. Okay, let's go over the first one because this is also part of the upsets of the week. Yes. I know you started off with the Chiefs and Raiders, which we'll get to, but I just want to talk about the Bears over the Bucks. Yeah. When we did our pretender and contender, the Bears looked like they have the potential, and I I really felt like this was going to be a good test for this Bears defense. Yeah. And the Bears held their own. They really did. So, like, these are games like the Raiders over the Chiefs. No one would have expected the Raiders – to shut down the offense of the, of the Kansas City Chiefs. Dolphins over 49ers. I mean, these are all games that, like, everyone played against them. And I feel like these teams that, like, were on the low end of the totem pole were like, watch it. I mean, the yeah. Texans were owing everything going into against the Jacksonville Jaguars and somehow pulled out a win under interim coach Romeo Cromel. <laughs> like... Nobody could have done that. I yeah. really thought the Falcons were going to do it, you know, hand it over to the to the Panthers, and nope. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, we'll get to some more Falcons discussion in a little bit. But, yeah, a lot of, I mean, upsets big and small all over the league really this week. Let's jump into it a little bit. Yeah, you talked about the Raiders beating the Chiefs, which was shocking. Uh, following that game, uh you know, all day Sunday, just checking in on the score. But once in a while, I was like, oh, this is a close game. Oh, look, Raiders are ahead. Oh, wow, Raiders might pull this thing out. And they, <laughs> and they did. Um, thanks to Derek Carr and the deep ball, which you've talked about a lot. This lends itself to the creditation is, I don't know if it's a change in play calling or the fact, you know, that having rugs in that lineup now, yeah. especially with that 72-yarder, if they now have that vertical threat they've been missing. Right, and that's um, and what we that was, about in the offseason. Is, is he going to give Carr the opportunity to – or well, we knew he would give him the opportunity to throw the deep ball more than he ever has, but would he take advantage? And uh, this was Ruggs' first game back in a couple. He was out with an injury, and Carr took full advantage of his speed. Only two catches, but they went for 118 yards, including the 72-yard touchdown strike. It's all about impact. Even if he had one catch and it was just that 72-yarder – Yep. If that touchdown puts you ahead, then it's a critical moment. It's all about it's all about situational football. And I think that as they work rugs back in a little bit more, we might start to see the one thing I've criticized Derek Carr about, not mm-hmm. stretching the vertical limits of the field. Yep, yep. And he's shown he can do it. And if he can continue to do it, this Raiders team just got dangerous. Right, because they've had They've got the running game. Josh Jacobs is a stud. They've got a great tight end in Darren Waller. They've, the short intermediate passing game is there. The, this was the piece that was missing, was, was the deep threat, vertical stretch of the field. Um, 
home run hitter and they looks like they've got that in rugs. Uh, so it's exciting. And not to mention, this is going to help Josh Jacobs out. If you know, Carr can throw down the field, your safeties have to play farther off the line, which means you've got to now play deep intermediate and short-term passing stretching the defense will open up much more possibilities, right? Harder to load up the box in that case. I love the quote from Carr before this game that some a reporter had asked him about this rival rivalry with the Chiefs, and he said very honestly, "To call it a rivalry, we have to start winning a few." And then I love the honesty of that quote, um, and they did it. So, congrats! They're official rivals now. Yep, they won once, so they got it in the bag. And yeah, as you uh, alluded to, the other biggest upset of the week was probably the Dolphins. On the road, traveling to San Francisco and dominating your, the 49ers. I love your comment you texted me during that game. When did Ryan Fitzpatrick become the greatest quarterback oh, yeah. this season? <laughs> he's incredible. It's 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 uh I mean he's always been the guy that could throw for yards, you know, maybe in garbage time primarily, but he's always been a guy who will throw two or three picks a game in addition to any of the good stuff he does. And in this game, uh, I know the 49ers are banged up on defense, but still, they they they're look banged up, and they're getting your you know your ass handed you on a silver platter. And 350 yards for Fitzpatrick and three touchdowns, no turnovers. No, there you go. I was going to say I don't care about those. It's that other stat that just boggles my mind. It's one thing to get beat. It's one thing to you know get blown out like it happens. But would a quarterback? Like Jameis Winston is known. I had to throw it in there. I know, I know. Go, go ahead. I'll let you finish. Um, <laughs> when a quarterback's known for just as many interceptions as they are touchdowns, when you're the team that doesn't get a turnover, I think that stands out more. Like we know Fitzpatrick can throw for yards. Mm-hmm. Um, you know he's going to get the scores. Um, but we also usually know there's at least one or two picks that come with that, which usually forces him to throw more to compensate. Right. <laughs> he looked effortless out there when I watched the highlights. Like, he was yeah. having fun. Yeah, and why not? And, and the flip side of that is how about this Dolphins defense? This was uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's first game back from uh, ankle injury. Uh, Raheem Mostert's first game back from injury, too. And, and Mostert did fine. Uh, but Jimmy G benched at halftime after throwing two picks. Uh, and supposedly the ankle was still bothering him, but but how about that? You get you come out first game back from injury. You're against you know the Dolphins, who are perennially not a very. Uh, I don't know if we could say that anymore. They have a two and three record, but I don't know if we could say finish that phrase with how we normally would. Yeah, so I I was really impressed by that too. And then of course OSU guy CJ Beathard comes out. Yeah, didn't have the world's greatest game. He has a lot to learn if he's unless he's just going to be renegated to a backup. But who would ever thought we'd see the day that Garoppolo is benched? Yeah, that was shocking. And Crazy. I and I owe a lot of that issues too to that offensive line. Sure. Yeah, that's true too. Um, but I I could not, and maybe this is my own ignorance. I cannot name a player on the Dolphins' defensive line. <laughs> I do not know who they have, but they played great. It's because uh, we usually like. I feel like now we have to start like. This is getting to the point of the NFL we kind of all wanted, where there's not a bad team out there. Well, there's still a few, but the Dolphins are not one of them. They're not a laughingstock bad team like some others, which we'll get to. So let's see. Quick update on Eliminator. 
Eliminator Challenge. We were both successful again. I had picked the Seahawks to beat Minnesota, which they barely did. You like these close calls. You must like stress. I mean, it did not seem like it would be a close game, just looking at how these teams had done up to this point. Uh, But yeah, that was a a nail-biter. And then uh, your pick of the Steelers, they beat the Eagles in a surprising, at least to me, shootout. So you are undefeated still in Eliminator. I had that uh, loss a few weeks ago. And then, okay, continuing the recap, let's talk about our sleeper teams. I put yours first this time because I think you have the very biggest, very biggest news of the week really was in this Giants-Cowboys game. And all the years of my hatred for the Dallas organization, mainly directed at one person. <laughs> Tony Robo. <laughs> don't 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 go there i i never felt bad when i you know when it happens because i just didn't like them there are two if i was to get two jerseys right now that were dallas players one would be leighton vanderesh <laughs> uh-huh. and the other one would be Dak prescott unfortunately as everyone in the sports world knows Dak suffered a horrendous ankle a compound fractured dislocation. But yeah. what baffled me more about it was the what the commentator's comment was as it showed his ankle bent at 90 degrees. You hope it's just a cramp. The dude's ankle <laughs> swinging around like it's not attached and you're hoping it's a cramp. Yeah, that was uh that was an interesting take on that. I saw a lot of memes on that. It's pretty funny. Um I've never seen a cramp look like that, but I'm not a doctor. <laughs> also, uh, uh, we're not athletes, so maybe there's something we don't know. <laughs> but yeah, that was like an awful injury. One of those that you just, if you're not... You felt. If you're not that commentator, yeah, you, you felt that. And everyone in the stadium, uh, I don't know if there were fans, but all the players certainly knew that it was serious. Just And to, how about the support from them? Oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, Jason Garrett even ran over. That was his old quarterback. And right, the yeah, first thing, of the Giants now. <laughs> right. Yeah. He ran over when he saw it because, you know, that's just the respect Prescott has. Yep. And I sent you something on Instagram. I do not like Stephen A. Smith. But the only time I've ever agreed with him was he sent an apology to Dak Prescott. And he made the the one thing that I agreed with is this was the concern we all had about him not getting that long-term deal. Right, yeah. Is if something like this happened. However, the only silver lining of any of this for Prescott is it seems like there is no, no doubt, no any type of indication that Prescott will not stay a Cowboy. Yeah, I think even uh, Jerry Jones made some comment that uh... – he He's was the future. Playing. Yep. And, and that I was the worst part of it was that he was on pace. You know, his production was insane through the first four was, weeks. He, they said if the projection was like almost 6,000 passing yards. <laughs> which I'm pretty sure has never happened. It would have surpassed Peyton Manning's, what was that, 2013 when he was with Denver? Yeah, the first. Yep, yep. Like it would have surpassed Peyton Manning's single season record. And as a fantasy owner... I'm screwed. <laughs> However, not all is lost. Well, on the defensive side of the ball, it's all lost. Still, McCarthy still can't lost, coach yeah. defense. But uh, the, 
I don't want to take a ton of time, but this is the first time I've actually talked at length about a team. See, I did research this time, Mike. Wow, I'm impressed. And you, but you didn't put it in the notes, so I don't know what you're about to say. Well, that's good because I got to keep you on your feet. <laughs> Usually, we always criticize teams spending a lot on veteran backups, right? Like, why would you waste money on this person or that person? Let's take Chicago. Why did they spend all that money in picks to get folds? Mm-hmm. Well, clearly, it's working. And I think the Cowboys have done the same thing here. They got Andy Dalton from Cincinnati. Nobody really wondered why. Like, what's the point of that? That seems like a a wasted spot. Mm -hmm. Now is where that money and that experience comes into play. The question becomes, though, what will this offense look like under Dalton? And we got a little bit of a teaser towards the end of the game. Michael Gallup and Dak Prescott didn't have the world's best rapport. That rapport was actually going to CeeDee Lamb. Right, yeah. However, to put them within game-running field goal range, Dalton looked for Gallup. The experience looked for the experience. So my gut off of that initial reaction tells me we may see Michael Gallup a little bit more involved with the offense under Andy Dalton mm-hmm. than we did under Dak Prescott. At the same time, how does this affect CeeDee Lamb's value? How much is the ball going to get spread around now? Go ahead. I know you're going to say something. Uh, I've, I've had a, a couple of thoughts in the time that you've been speaking, but yeah, first of all, I guess you wonder, actually going back to your first point, it's a great signing because look at what happens to a bunch of these other teams that lose their starter and they're screwed. You know, you lose your starting quarterback and you're screwed. Look at what has happened to the Broncos since Drew Locke went down. They, they tried Jeff Driscoll. They switched to uh, Brett Rippon who actually did get them their one win. I'll give credit, but it's a, uh, a lot of these teams have, have no hope if their starter goes down. What's going to happen in Green Bay if Rodgers get hurt? I know they like Jordan Love as the QB of the future. But Jordan Love's been active, I think, every game. Why would he see the field if Rodgers is, is healthy? I'm, I'm just saying, I'm just agreeing with you that, yeah, it's a huge loss, of course, for the team, for, for Dallas losing Dak. But in steps, a, a veteran, a pro bowler, a guy who's led a competent offense before, and he's in his time starting in Cincinnati, Andy Dalton, he only ever had one receiver. Like you say, what's he going to do now that he has three and the best, arguably the best running back in the league in offensive line. So it's a great situation. You, they probably, well, the offensive line has a lot of issues, but that's a different thing. It's banged up. True. Um, you wonder if they would like to go more run heavy now, but you can't run the ball 30 times a game when your defense is giving up 40 points a game. So it's going to be interesting. They did get the win here in the end, uh, just barely over the Giants. And now they're in first place in the in the division. At that division's just messed up. That's like the weirdest division in football. <laughs> like, and what sucks is Dallas hasn't played like a two and three team. Well, their offense hasn't, yeah. Well, their offense has, their defensive hasn't. Right. <laughs> but that goes to show you that offenses can put you in the game but the defenses have to keep you in it yeah so i think that was the biggest and saddest storyline of the weekend was uh i know it was really strange that you had me first with my teams i was really questioning why that had happened and now i see your <laughs> ultimate game plan you sneaky sneaky <laughs> and, and then yeah your other sleeper team the broncos like we already talked about that game got rescheduled uh for this week week six and the, the benefit that they might see from that, actually, is that uh, Drew Locke might be coming back from injury. All right. Yeah, we got to get we got to get to work here in Denver. You know, I need I need a 
get up there with your Chargers. Well, just by virtue of not playing this past week, they uh, overtook the Chargers for third place in the division because the Chargers lost and fell to one and four. Which, hey, segue. Yeah, right? I set that up for you. Uh, Thank you for that setup. Uh, The Chargers played the Saints on Monday Night Football. Another One of the other interesting things that happened this weekend was Michael Thomas, who has been hurt the past few weeks, was healthy, but still did not play in this game because he was benched for punching a teammate in practice and then uh, getting into a shouting match with, I think, Sean Payton and the, and the GM, too. <laughs> so he didn't Yeah, know. you know what? It, it, it doesn't matter how good you are. You don't snap at the head coach and then expect nothing to happen. Right. Especially when they've been winning without you. <laughs> as good as he is, they've been winning without him on the field. Um, and that was the case not to get ahead of myself, but that was the case again in this game against the Chargers. Uh, although early on, the Chargers looked really good. They held the Saints to just 75 yards of offense and just a field goal. Uh, once again, I think I said the same thing last week. Through the first 28 minutes of the game, they played awesome and were dominating. They uh, picked off Breeze, returned it to the one-yard line to set up a touchdown. Got a couple of big plays from uh, Herbert and the offense. See, 36-yard run by Justin Jackson, which um, who got the start in this game at running back because of Austin Eckler's injury. He's on IR for the moment. And that led to a touchdown. Uh, he had a 49-yard bomb to Jalen Guyton, who was in the game more because Keenan Allen went down with an injury. Uh, but in the end, they were up 20-10 to 10 at halftime. But for the second week in a row, they only scored seven points in the second half. It was the same exact thing against Tampa Bay last week. They were up at halftime with a 10-point lead, but the offense didn't do much in the second half, and they just saw that lead slowly vanish. They did miss, and this game ended up going to overtime because they missed. I, guess I, I, told, I even told the Saints how to win it. Nobody yeah, listens to me. We, we can talk about that for a little bit. Um, was that an over? No, that was the Saints were – the Saints had scored a touchdown, and it was – a one-point difference. They could have kicked the extra point to tie it at 27 or gone for two. That's right. That's right. And the way their defense had been playing, I mean, maybe it's my aggressiveness in the play calling. But, huh. you know, like you said, they weren't able to stop the, the Saints in the second half. Right. I felt really confident they could have went for two and won it. And I think either way, even if you went for two and lost it, the aggressiveness, you can't argue it. But instead. They won it the exact same way. They tied it up, kicked the field goal. They just extended and played more is all it was. Because once again, in overtime, the Chargers were driving, but they couldn't get they couldn't convert on a fourth down. It's over. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Chargers lost overall. In the in the end, they lost uh, 30-27 in overtime, fall to one and four. And just and they go into their bye week now, which uh, works out in a sense because they really need to get this offensive line healthy. Uh, Herbert had almost no time in the pocket. He was sacked three times, I think, and and only uh, and had pressure on almost every drop back. And the offensive line also needs help just to get this run game going. I mentioned the thirty-six yard run by Justin Jackson. Outside of that, so if you take away that carry on all the team's other rushing attempts, they averaged two and a half yards per carry. And that's just not going to fly. Mike Williams was a bright spot. He's finally fully healthy, and he looked really good in this game. Uh, If it wasn't for him, that offense lost a lot of its explosiveness. 
Yeah, right. He had two of their touchdowns, uh, including a 64-yarder where he got behind the defender. Uh, and Herbert found him for the long score. And then he helped. He made an incredible catch uh, downfield, jumping uh, jumping and catching the ball over the defender, Marshawn Lattimore, to get them into position to attempt that game-winning field goal, which they ultimately missed. But uh, he just looked really good, and, and he and Herbert seemed to have a good connection going. Hopefully Keenan Allen can come back after the bye week. It was a back injury. I don't know how serious it is at this point. Um, but a big takeaway for Herbert is that he looks great and is maturing really quickly, it seems. He threw four touchdowns in this game. Uh, no turnovers for, I think, the first time. So you like to see that. And despite giving up 30 points in the end, I feel like you can't really put too much of it on the defense. They held the Saints to just converting five out of 15 third downs. They sacked Drew Brees twice, picked him off once. And they gave up 325 passing yards, but it took him 47 pass attempts and almost an entire overtime period of football to get there. And I think that's pretty impressive just given all the injuries that they've suffered too on the defense. And when you're playing against a guy like Drew Brees, future Hall of Famer, you can only hold him down for so long. And I think this defense did everything they could. So once again, I feel like this has been the theme the past few weeks with the Chargers. Looked pretty good but couldn't quite pull it out in the end. And ironically, one of the things we talked about in the offseason with Phillip Rivers leaving uh, was that they kept losing close games with him, and maybe they would start winning those without him. And that hasn't been the case so far, but it, it hasn't been due to turnovers. So I'll, I'll give them credit for that. Looks great on paper, but poor in exit. Well, not poor in execution, but they're not executing the way the stats look on paper. Right, just, just not enough. So one and four, last place in the division. Uh, heading to a bye week, so hopefully everyone comes back healthy in week uh, seven. And then my other sleeper team, Cardinals beat the Jets. Not too much to say here. It's the Jets. I think <laughs> basically basically the same thing you said about the Broncos beating them the other week. Uh, Cardinals won 30 to 10. Kyler Murray had over 400 combined yards, and uh, they're three and two now. So real real quick on a couple other key games, I know we wanted to bring up uh, – you wanted to bring up because you like to see me suffer. It's been a week <laughs> of suffering for me. Oh, man, that's true. Falcons and Falcons Panthers. Fans, yeah. So let's just go down the list right now. Dan yeah. Quinn. Fired. Thomas Dimitrioff. Their GM, also fired. Special teams coach. Fired as well, and I don't even know what his name was, but I saw that he was fired. <laughs> and, um, uh, Remember back to that onside kick debacle against the Cowboys in week one or week two or whatever it was. And I'm surprised yeah. they didn't fire the defensive coordinator too because the defense I got think hurt. it's because that you can't fire every coach <laughs> five true. weeks into a season. <laughs> I think that's the only thing because my same thought happened is like, why did they just finish it here? You know, they already <laughs> fired the, the head coach, the GM, and the special teams coach. You only got two left. Right. Oh, and up man. until this point, I didn't put a lot of the blame on the offense. I put a lot of it on the defense. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I guess it, it's amazing what one person does. But this offense, you know, Matt Ryan's making more mistakes. He, they're not moving the ball as effectively as I think they should. Yeah. Well, ironically, um, the running game with Gurley looks great. Uh, it's just um, the passing game that has struggled lately without Julio Jones in the lineup. He's been hurt. So I don't know. I the Falcons are going through what will be a massive rebuild season. I feel. Yeah, and and tied into that was that uh, whoever 
the the new GM who took over wouldn't uh, commit to Matt Ryan as the QB of the future, which, you know, would, I don't know what that means. He's 35 years old, so he's probably only – well, I was going to say he's only got a few years left, but look at look at Brady playing at 42. But, yeah, like you say, this team is is definitely headed for a rebuild. Looks like they're starting now, in fact. <laughs> yeah, what, yeah, yeah. And on the flip uh, side, the Panthers won their third in a row. They're three and two now. Uh, we already talked about the Bears and Bucks. Uh, let's see anything else we need to highlight here. No. Uh, oh, oh, actually, yes, there's one Tom, thing about Tom Brady. Really quick, this was they kept oh. showing this graphic. He was five and zero oh against the Bears, and and of course the Bears won. And that just made me kind of curious if there are any other teams that he's never lost to. And actually, there are several. Tom Brady is six and zero oh against the Cardinals. 5-0 against the Cowboys, 5-0 against the Vikings, who they do play in week 14 of this year. 4-0 against the Buccaneers, which is unlikely. Do you think he's, he's going to win that one? <laughs> it looks unlikely that he'll lose a game against the Buccaneers at this point, yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Just wanted to make sure we were clear on that one. And then obviously... So if I, if I bet on Brady beating the Buccaneers, I have pretty good odds to win that? Yeah, I think so. Okay. <laughs> You know, late game pick six where they lose the game, you could argue that he also beat them. <laughs> that is true. And then, of course, he's 0-0 against the Patriots. Hopefully we get to see that. Wait, Hopefully Tom Brady's to never played the Patriots? That's weird. <laughs> okay, so yeah, that was the only thing left about that game. Um, I do want to just throw in there for Washington. Yes. My boy was cited. I like how it says a sighting. Um, <laughs> Although I have to say, watching the highlights of that one, I was very nervous. This guy comes back from a massive leg injury and ends up getting sacked six times. Yeah, yeah, at least and one I was like, by Aaron Donald. Oh, God. <laughs> great to see him on the football field, which to me, once again, he, he made it to the football field. He threw some passes. Comeback yeah. player of the year. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. Uh, but the other thing, really quick, that they kept showing was his family. His his wife in the stands just looked absolutely terrified, which I completely empathize with. I was going to say, wouldn't you be knowing that your husband, who bare, almost lost his life to a, an infection <laughs> from a broken leg, is getting sacked every other play? Well, just given our own fear for him and, and reaction, and we don't even know the guy personally. <laughs> I can't. I can't even imagine what she was going through up there. But yeah, that was awesome to see him play. Uh, unfortunately, it looks like he, Kyle Allen is still going to be the starter, I guess, if he's healthy. That's what uh, Ron Rivera said. But, I, you know, I don't think we've seen the last of Alex Smith this year. Haskins has been benched, and I heard they're trying to trade him. So I doubt he'll be back <laughs> as a starter. And I just want to make note, since we're bringing up Haskins, in our in our Dynasty League, Michael. Oh, uh, yeah. How, who, who? <laughs> Who picked two of our rookie quarterbacks? Let's see. I think I advocated for drafting uh, Mitchell Trubisky and Dwayne Haskins, who have both ironically been benched four years, four weeks into the season. <laughs> Five weeks. Meanwhile, <laughs> I advocated for Mark Andrews, and that was about it. He's not bad. Anyway, we did uh, win this week, so I'll take it. Hey, yeah, first in our division. Let's go. Uh, Browns beat the Colts in a somewhat of a surprising game. To improve to four and one, which is impressive. Baker Mayfield did leave with a rib injury. Uh, came back. Supposedly, he'll be fine. I think for for this week, they'll probably just put a flak jacket on him and yeah, get him get him get him to throw the ball away versus taking a few more hits. So we may see a lot more incompletions next week, but that's only going to be to 
try to prevent him from taking any unnecessary hits. Especially as they play Pittsburgh next week. And that'll be, yeah. a, I think we both, I think we both labeled the Browns as pretenders in our segment last week. Uh, if this they, is the test. If they beat Pittsburgh somehow, that's, that will be impossible to ignore. Uh, little preview though. I'm, I'm not predicting that. No. <laughs> and then we already mentioned the, Seahawks just barely beat the Vikings on Sunday night football. Vikings were up 13 to zero at halftime. And uh, I was like, what is going on? <laughs> there was another, another of these late game fourth down um, situations that you and I disagreed on. <laughs> it was uh, the Vikings were up 26, 21 with just two minutes left. It was fourth and one on this, on the Seahawks six yard line. So you have two choices there, either a chip shot field goal to go up by eight and then put the hands back or put the ball back into the hands of uh, Russell Wilson or um, try to go for it on fourth down and essentially seal the win if you get it. You go for it. And then, well, that's what they did. And, and uh, Alexander Madison, who was in the game because Dalvin Cook got injured, um, Madison got stuffed. Seahawks took over at their six. But yeah, in this case, I think I agree with you because even at that point, you still have a five-point lead. They need a touchdown and they're starting from their own six-yard line. Uh, however, what maybe they didn't factor into the equation was that they were against our, uh, who's looking like uh, making a strong case to be the NFL MVP this year in Russell Wilson. And that was doing exactly that, driving 94 yards and throwing a touchdown to win the game was no problem for him. And the, the Seahawks did win 27-26. So, buys this week are the Raiders, Saints, Seahawks, and your Chargers. Yeah, rolling right into the Week 6 preview. Chargers could use a break, and I can use a break from watching them, so it works out. <laughs> uh, there's no Thursday night game this week, like we already mentioned. So let's jump right into the Sunday noon games. We've got the Sunday, re- Sunday, Sunday. Sunday fun day. We've got uh, the rescheduled. Sunday night. Got the rescheduled Broncos at Patriots. Uh, Broncos sitting at one and three. Patriots at two and two. Uh, like we mentioned, Drew Locke might be back from shoulder injury, and we'll see about Cam Newton. He's been on the reserve COVID list uh, the past. Uh, how long is, has it? Only been one week. I feel like it's been much. Maybe it's been two weeks. So we'll see. If, I feel like all this stuff feels like it's been like months, and it really hasn't. <laughs> I know. I know. Like it's probably only been like a week and a half or so. So what, I don't know if Newton will be available for them. Sorry, I'm pulling up my picks now. I wrote mine down because I is a smart. I'll try that sentence again. <laughs> nope, I know what I said. Okay. All right, let, let's see here. Week six picks. Oh, Jesus Christ. What's going to be week seven by the time you find these? <laughs> I'm taking the Patriots. How about you? I have Denver. All right. If Locke comes back, that's what I'm hoping for. That's kind of what I'm banking that whole game on, is that Locke's going to be back. And it looks like he will probably because it's close. It seemed like he was close because uh, they had originally tried to schedule this game for Monday night, week five, and it seemed like he was close to making that. So you'd think another week maybe he'll be – maybe he will be ready. And I think I'm kind of banking on Newton being there for Patriot for the Patriots because if it's if we get to see or if we are subjected to the, the Brian Hoyer experience again or Jared Stidham, either way, I would not be confident in the Patriots winning this game. <laughs> but if you're forcing me to make a pick right now, it's the Patriots. I've got my Broncos. Okay. 
Uh, next up, the Texans coming off their first win. Uh, visit the still undefeated Titans. I mean, I think this is no contest. Yeah, I don't have any. Tennessee is the real deal, and they are a threat. They look great, offense, defense. So yeah. I gotta go. With, I gotta go with Tennessee. Same here. Ravens at Eagles, a battle of the birds, though neither of them dirty. Uh... <laughs> uh, there's been some interesting talk about Lamar Jackson lately. He missed some practice time last week with a knee injury, and overall just hasn't quite been as dominant as he was last year. So, I don't know, something to monitor there, I guess. And on the Eagles' side, they may be getting some receivers back. Jeffrey, Alshon Jeffrey was in practice last week. Uh, Sean Jackson limited as well. Neither ended up playing last week. We'll see if either of them play this week. And uh, I don't think, and I don't think that the Ravens defense is going to put up monster points like it did for me this week. Twenty-three fantasy points. Yeah, did they score a touchdown? I, for, I forget what. Yeah, Cincinnati. Okay, yeah. Guess who did it? Guess who did it? Uh, oh, was it Patrick Queen? Patrick Queen with the scoop and score. Oh, that's awesome. I, I should have known that. Thank you. You should have. <laughs> my my prove-it player pick. <laughs> yeah, right? I'm doing your work for you. That's the way I like it. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think they're going to have a repeat performance, but I have more confidence in the Ravens' defense versus the Eagles' offense. Totally, yeah. I'm taking the Ravens. And this is also my eliminator pick, is the Ravens over the Eagles. Oh, very nice. Oh, you're prepared this week. The uh, next up, the 0-5 Falcons with their brand new head coach, GM, and special teams coordinator, which <laughs> <laughs> will travel to Minnesota to take on the 1-4 Vikings, uh, who just came off that impressive, almost upset in Seattle. Both of these defenses are pretty bad, so could see a lot of points in this one. Maybe a bounce-back game for Matt Ryan, but I'm taking the Vikings at home. I have the Vikings as well. All right. Especially since the way they played against the Seattle offense. Right. Yeah. That was impressive. Next up, the Browns at Steelers, as we referenced before. The Browns are 4-1, and one, Steelers 4-0. and oh. And just um, adding the Ravens to that mix, I just thought this was interesting or was indicative of how good this division is. I'd left out Cincinnati because they would ruin it. But the Browns, <laughs> the Browns and Steelers uh, and the Ravens are combined 12-2. and two. That's insane. Yeah, it's and and two likely only two out of the three will end up making the playoffs. And well, and you know what? Even if you put in Cincinnati, I mean, a thirteen five and one isn't really bad for a division. True. Yeah, I haven't. I didn't look at all of them, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the the most wins of any division in the league right now. I mean, it's better than the NFC East. <laughs> Steelers alone. Wait, let me do that math. Uh, Steelers alone <laughs> would have as many wins as that division. <laughs> but yeah, no, I got I got the Steelers. Yeah, me too. I, I think they're the better team, obviously. And I think this is the first gosh, this feels like it was five years ago, but I think this was the this will be the first time these teams play each other since the Miles Garrett helmet incident. Well, you know, they don't have um Duck Hodges in there, so I think we're fine. <laughs> I don't think Garrett's going to rip Big Ben's helmet off. Yeah, yeah. I don't think so either. Um, Bengals won three and one at the Colts, three and two. There was some AJ Green drama last week for the Bengals. He he hasn't been 
very good so far this season uh, in terms of his production, despite a lot of targets from Burrow. And there was a video someone recorded of him on the sideline and the, the lip readers of, of the internet uh, say that he's saying trade me in the video. Um, yeah. I don't know what's going on in there. It w- a trade would be interesting. I, I think in the off season, we talked about him prob- potentially going to new England after this year when he, I think he's on, he's on a franchise tag. I can't remember if it's a franchise or just on a one-year deal or the last yeah. year of a deal. Yeah, yeah. Either way, I think he'll be a free agent next year. And we were talking about him going to the Patriots. Uh, trade might make a lot of sense, seeing as they're not really using him. Uh, Tyler Boyd and uh, T. Higgins, the rookie, have been Burroughs' top receivers. And he's clearly unhappy. So the end might be coming sooner than than we even thought. Although the injury would make him harder to trade. And supposedly he has a hamstring injury, but... Keep an eye out for that. Taking the Colts. I got, I got Indy. Yep. Uh, next up, Lions, one and three at Jaguars, one and four. Detroit. Yeah, coming off the bye. I'm so disappointed in Jaguar in the Jaguars after starting one and zero. Oh, um, we're all like, oh, it's it's for real, Minshew, Minshew mania, Minshew magic. I think we all got excited for every team that started one and zero. Let's remember Washington started one and zero. That's a great point. Yeah, and so. how's that been for everybody since? Awful. Not a lot of those one and O teams continued that winning streak. That is true. We'll get to uh, Washington in just a minute here, but they've lost four in a row as well. So yeah, I'm taking the Lions. This is next up is a very intriguing game. Uh, the four and one Bears visiting the three and two Panthers, and there's a chance that the Panthers will get Christian McCaffrey back in this game. Uh, he's been on IR with an ankle injury. This is his first week eligible to return. Uh, but, and let's be honest, Mike Davis has been just as good, weirdly. And I just, I don't know what to do with this Bears team. I'm wrong about them every week. So I want to hear your pick first. I'm actually picking Chicago. Okay, me too. I don't know what that means. I think it means they're doomed. Sorry, Bears fans. Um, but yeah, I really like the way this defense. I'm still is trying to get a hold of what this, what the Carolina offense is trying to be. Yeah, Bridgewater looks pretty good. But I also feel like they're about to play a very stingy Bears defense that just held Tom Brady in check. Right. So I think it'll be a good test for uh, Bridgewater in the offense, and it'll be a, another good test of this Bears defense if Christian McCaffrey does come back. Mm-hmm. And it should be a good opportunity for this Bears offense to let the you know to open things up a little bit more. Uh, the Panthers have struggled, especially defending the run. So maybe a big uh, David Montgomery game. But yeah, both taking the Bears there. Next up, the Washington Football Team at the New York Giants. The Giants are winless until this week. Kyle Allen, like we mentioned, is is the likely starter for Washington if he's healthy. Uh, but yeah, taking the Giants to get their first win. Big game from Darius Slayton. <laughs> yeah, he's been good. And that wraps up the noon games. There's only What's two... going on in the afternoon, Mike? Well, not as much as usual. There's only two games here because of the, the buys and the well, well, there there's really one game. <laughs> right, Jets at Dolphins, of course. Um, I can't believe I'm actually going to make this decision, but uh, <laughs> I'm picking the Dolphins to win. Yep, I'm taking the Dolphins to win, and I can't believe I'm making this decision, but they're also my eliminator pick. If it's magic, don't let me down. <laughs> you know what? If you lose this one, 
I'll be very sad. You know what? I almost feel like, though, if there's a week to pick the Dolphins, this is it. I think I'm setting myself up to eventually have my uh, my perfect streak snap because it's going to come down to, like, I'm going to have to pick the Jets or the Dolphins <laughs> against some other team, and I'm not going to be happy. Right. That's part of the strategy as far as it goes. Uh, this is probably the only week that I would feel comfortable picking the Dolphins, so I'm just going to go for it. Do I have right. your permission to switch my Eliminator pick? Sure. All right, I'm going to switch my eliminator pick to take the Dolphins because I'm not going to I'm not playing this game now. <laughs> now they're definitely losing. <laughs> but yeah, the Jets are 0 5. They just cut Le'Veon Bell after being unable to trade him for even a late round pick. Um, and we're going to see still there. Gonna see gone. Yeah, maybe this Nobody. is the week. This is the week. I mean, we've we've already tried to figure out after Bill O'Brien who was next. And I don't know if I had mentioned that. I Didn't I call Dan Quinn might be next? I forget. But yeah, I think so. We definitely talked about them all on the last show. But yeah, no, this is, we're going to, we're going to see Gase go bye-bye. He's definitely next on the chopping block. Uh, so yeah, we're both obviously taking the Dolphins. And then I think what you really meant when you said there's only one real game Sunday afternoon and it's the Packers are 4-0 and coming off the bye, uh, visiting the Buccaneers who are 3-2. and coming off that loss to the bears. Uh, and th- yeah, this is going to be fascinating. I'm really excited about this game. And so I did another bit of research. So I was curious uh, about Rogers and Brady playing head to head. And it's only happened twice, surprisingly. And they haven't played since 2018. And the only and, other occurrence was in 2014. And it's hilarious that they're literally one and one. Yep. They've split they those two games. one, one. Yeah. <laughs> this game becomes the tiebreaker. It could be the last time we see them play each other. So, uh, yeah, this one's for all the marbles, right? And the, the Buccaneers are getting a little bit healthier. They've, they've missed Chris Godwin uh, last week, uh, Leonard Fournette, and a few others also. And their other receivers, Mike Evans and Scotty Miller, being banged up. So they're getting healthier. They've had sort of a mini bye week playing on Thursday night. They get a week and a half to prep for this game. Yeah, that's right. And so, uh, yeah, this is going to be a fun one. I'm picking the Packers, but I'm not super confident. No, I'm fully confident of picking Green Bay. Okay, cool. Sunday night's good. Well, it seemed like it would be good. Yeah, right? <laughs> Rams sitting at 4-1 and one at the 49ers, who are 2-3 and three and actually last place in that division right now. I have the Rams. Yeah, me too. We'll see if it's uh, even Garoppolo under center. I don't know how much better he even is than C.J. Bethard at this point. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm very confident in the Rams. They're playing great. 49ers are struggling right now. And then Monday Night Double Header, part two, part three, actually. You got the Chiefs at Bills, who this was supposed to be the Thursday night game this week. And both of these teams uh, just lost their for the first time this season. I have Kansas City, though. Yes, me too. The Bills got handled by the Titans, and while I don't think it'll, it's going to be as bad of a blowout, um, I just don't see them stopping the entire offensive power of the Chiefs' offense. Not to mention, as long as you stiff-arm Josh Norman the way Derrick Henry does, apparently you can throw him pretty far. Oh, my gosh. That was, that was ridiculous. That was, like that was some, hilarious. Some broken Madden physics or something, the way he just barely touched him, seemingly, and <laughs> went flying. 
Uh, um, yeah. I saw plenty of memes about that. That was hilarious. Yeah, it was really good. But Derek more importantly, the second game is 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 for us, Mike. I think they did this for us. I think so. Cardinals at Cowboys, our first matchup between our playoff sleeper picks. This was this was hard. It, yeah, same. I I ended up um, going with the Cardinals mostly because they're my pick. <laughs> they're my sleeper pick. I need them to win this game. Um, I went with Dallas. No surprise there. I think you've got uh, almost a similar story right on both sides, right? That Cardinals defense hasn't been the best, but their offense, uh, at least Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins, have been great. Cowboys, pretty much the same thing. The defense is a mess, um, but they have an amazing set of skill position players around Andy Dalton. Well, and that's why I really feel like this game is going to be like they're going out to win it for Dak. Mm-hmm. So I feel like there's going to be a lot of emotion put into this game, and that can be both a benefit and and detrimental. But I think they're going to play hard, and I think this team is going out, you know, to show like the support. So I think they're going into this game emotion, and they're going to go and win for Prescott. Okay, you want to make a bet on this game? Maybe a Jello bet is a little bit unfair, given your team lost its best player. <laughs> what kind of bet would you want to do? Thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Let me get my wad from under my desk here. Yeah. <laughs> do you want that in crisp hundreds too, right? Of course. No, just kidding. I don't. We should have talked about this before the show. No, we don't. Yeah, we, that would probably be good. No, just, if just Dak was bragging, if Dak was bragging. healthy, then absolutely, this is a Jello bet moment. Yeah, we can just do um, it for bragging rights. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to flip you off regardless, so that's fine. If I win, you have to trade me CEH in fantasy for my worst player. <laughs> uh, no, I'll give you CEH maybe for Fitzpatrick, apparently. Never thought the day would come I'd hear that. Yeah, right. Speaking of our fantasy teams, I think we've got a couple minutes left for the fantasy corner. Yes. <laughs> How did your week six go in fantasy football, Matt? Or week five, sorry. I, for the first and only time this year, I swept. <laughs> um, Great feeling. I squeaked out a win in FanDuel. Um, together, we conquered yet again in Dynasty. Yeah. And I barely beat the other 4-0 player to become 5-0 and in our season long and in sole possession of first place. Yeah. which feels good, but I also feel like is not going to last long. Um, and all I will say is I have a lot of auction money that is being spent this week to fix <laughs> a lot of issues with my roster going forward. Namely the quarterback situation, I'm guessing, where Dak had been leading the way for you. Um, but yeah, I'm about, yeah, I'm about to dump quite a bit of money on picking up some, some pieces. Yeah. Makes sense. And um, I, I I cannot say what will happen going forward, but I will take the way my season has reversed from last year any day. <laughs> yeah, you've been un- unstoppable. And not even just lucky. You've been consistently uh, one of the highest scorers. So nice work there. Going back to FanDuel for a second. You won by three points, 
And I'm so mad because the 49ers <laughs> defense put up negative two against Miami. <laughs> Thank God they had a couple of sacks, though. I, right. Yeah. He would have been like negative five. I mean, yeah, you give up 47 points. It's not a good thing for your fantasy score. But come on, man. I mean, I'm happy for Fitzpatrick, of course, because I started him in season long. But come on. <laughs> like I said before, this guy always throws at least one pick a game. And they, you couldn't even get that and get me up to zero. <laughs> and, I know. And the worst I saw, part, the negative, saw the negative two, and I was like, oh, oh, ouch. And they were the most expensive defense in FanDuel last week. Good job. <laughs> Good job, guys, over there at FanDuel. Nice work with your projections. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, you did win, and now it's uh, three to two. I'm up by just one game now. They're coming for you. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, let's see. In season long, I won as well. I'm three and two. And we already talked about this, but my question for you is going to be, who's the best quarterback in the league, and why is it Ryan Fitzpatrick? <laughs> we already sort of I, I have no explanation for that. <laughs> it makes no I have sense, nothing. Right? <laughs> nothing. He's like, uh, sorry, sorry, Tua. I know you were the <laughs> number two draft pick or whatever, but I'm going to have one last monster season here. Right. It's like I saw something saying like they need to like redshirt two on. I was like, hold the phone here. <laughs> Fitzpatrick may be on fire now, but there's always some point in the season. He just does a complete 180. Right. Right. Yeah, that's true. You, you never know when it's going to be <laughs> like he was hot when he was with the Bucks, And then at some point they're like, you know what? We're going to take the unknown Jameis Winston and we're going to put him in because at least we know it's a 50 50. At that point, Fitzpatrick had thrown, like, what, 10 interceptions in two weeks? Yeah. And they're like, yeah, this ain't working. <laughs> then they brought in Jameis Winston, who threw 12 interceptions in two weeks. <laughs> yeah, well, not everybody can be, you know, Taysom Hill, so it's fine. Oh, you mean the guy who has more fumbles than he has yards? <laughs> I think he's also won more games than you have. I don't know what that means. <laughs> anyway... Uh, so, yeah, you mentioned you're dropping a lot of fab uh, budget <laughs> this week. Um, do you have any buys this week? I do, Seattle. So I lose Chris Carson. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, so I have a running back that's also part of the auction to to beef up my running backs sure. for a week. Gotcha. Um, maybe longer. I don't know if I trust Cordell Patterson to be my RB2. Uh, yeah, I don't think I would. <laughs> um. I currently just temporarily have Tony Pollard plugged in, which makes me a little bit better, but still not confident enough. Uh-huh. So I guess we'll have to wait and see how that uh, that pans out. Cool. And then I can't give away too much. I don't know if you're after people either. Well, I only have one pending move at the moment, and I'm still trying to fix up my tight end problems. <laughs> uh, this strategy is proving to be the worst. So, okay. Just let me rant a little bit here. I dropped Mike Kosicki because, like we talked about, he had two consecutive games with just one catch. He's not part of the offense anymore. But then, as part of uh, Fitzpatrick's monster game last week, he goes out and catches five balls for 91 yards on someone else's bench. Because, or maybe they started him. I don't know. But I, I didn't think anyone would pick him up based on how bad he'd been lately. <laughs> I thought I could get him back. He's gone. I had uh, Dalton Schultz who I realize now shares a name with Andy Dalton. So maybe they'll have a connection there. Like the Rogers to Rogers in green Bay. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's 
although he only had one catch for six yards last week. So, I mean, I'm going to, I'm not dropping him. I'm going to, but I am going to try to pick up someone else. He's got options. Uh, but the waiver wire is pretty scarce at this point. I can give you Dallas Goddard. Uh, is he, is he healthy yet? <laughs> yeah. We'll go with. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, yeah. Dallas Goddard for Juju. See that, that trade, uh, was way more intriguing after week one when Goddard went off for a, whatever, 100 yards and touched. I was really hoping you would bite that, and you didn't. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, that's that's about it. I don't have uh, – not hit too hard by bye weeks yet. Good to see Cam Akers healthy and doing stuff. I know we talked a lot about that draft pick right after I made it. <laughs> I made so much fun of you for that. It, I mean, it's still – a complete bust of a pick, but he is um, healthy and he played and he looked good. <laughs> so that's the first step. There's still three running backs there in uh, LA that look good. So, yeah. But what's amazing is they're running back by committee. Everyone's getting a touch. Yeah. So True. it's like, it's working in a weird way. Yeah. I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense for a team, just not great for fantasy to go running back by committee. And uh, I think that's it. I don't have anything else to say about my fantasy team. I don't have much else either. I need I need uh I need the commissioner of our league to kind of push these damn waivers through already. <laughs> I'll uh see if I can get him on the phone for you. Thanks. No problem. Well, Michael, once again, another week in the books. Yep. Yeah. We get a few days to breathe. Yeah, maybe watch a little baseball or something. I don't know. Okay, well, maybe you have the capacity for more than one sport. I do not. <laughs> Barely have enough capacity for this one. <laughs> but I came armed with knowledge this joke. week. What? So I was supposed to make that joke about you not having <laughs> the capacity for one sport. <laughs> <laughs> but I came armed this week. You sure did. I, I like it. Next week, come with legs, too. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're a dad, for crying out loud. <laughs> Even your daughter and your son are shaking their heads, going, no, no dad. <laughs> Part of my identity now, Matt. What's All that right. sound? Is that the sound of divorce papers? It's either that or your commissioner pushing waivers through for you, so how about you stop making jokes? <laughs> all right, all right, fine. Well, then I guess, you know what? Go go and win a game this week, you know? Bring it. Our, uh, I looked ahead. I think it's week, week eight that we finally play each other in season long, so... Every week we get a little bit closer. Uh, how would you feel if at that point, for some weird reason, I am like 7-0 and going into that week? I would feel great about being the one to give you your first loss. <laughs> <laughs> I but, guess this week will be a true test to see how my offense does without Dak. Yeah, good test for Dallas for the same reason. Well, buddy, I guess this is it for this week. I guess so. Enjoy, enjoy a couple days off. You too, and I will be back to trash talk you next week. Can't wait. Talk to you then. Uh, see everybody. Enjoy week five, six. <laughs> Enjoy week for six. Almost made it. Almost made it to the end without a glaring mistake. All right. <laughs> see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. We hope you enjoy listening to this episode of the 2M Football Show with Mike and Matt. Please subscribe to be aware of our future podcasts. Follow us at social media at 2M Football Show. If you feel like donating to help out the show, follow us and check out our Patreon. We'll see you in the next episode.